0: Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast, formerly known as the Session 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the table, from my lovely co-host, Kathy Waite.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Uh, this podcast is brought to you by our 2020 Base Builder Program, 15th annual, taking you through our annual off-season base training thought processes and training progressions to make you a fit, fitter and faster rider by spring. And we're getting pretty close to spring.
1: Yes, we are. It we're feels, into March. Feels good.
0: Yeah, we've actually just concluded this last week our in house and remote base builder programs. Mm-hmm. Um so for all of you following along um at home or with us in the gym at session six in Lakewood, Colorado, we're we're done. We wrapped it up with testing last week, the final workout on Tuesday and testing on Thursday. And um kind of as we record this, we're in the midst or beginning a kind of transition week of recovery and um and stuff, just yeah, kind of taking yeah, a break. It
1: looks a little different for everybody, but it's a rest week of sorts.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we, we are actually recording this from Orlando, Florida, Disney World, because um, we were lucky enough to get a Disney vacation scheduled just at the right time um, when our recovery week kind of came along, our transition week between base builder and race prep season.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I feel like recovered yet, though. I'm tired from walking around in the, in the parks. yeah I mean it's a different kind of time that's actually
0: a great point it's like we are recovering meaning we're not riding our bikes but we're actually like eating more food walking way more than we're used to a lot
1: of people a lot of noise yeah
0: a few too well for me I don't drink much and I've had a couple of drinks every day and so that I'm feeling that. I might have to turn that back the last day, or <laughs> yeah. day here. So.
1: Yeah, you had the banana calypso drink last night at the Japanese steakhouse. Yeah, it was, that was interesting.
0: Something. But uh, yeah,
1: it's been fun down here for sure, like the change of pace. But um, I'm tired.
0: Yeah, I am too. Although I've been sleeping fairly well, which is nice. Yeah,
1: we're sleeping like 10, 11 hours every night.
0: Yeah, which is crazy because the time change helps us sleep in better. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so the first half of our recovery week um is here in in Orlando, kind of playing and having fun, getting a little more tired probably than recovered, but at least it's time off the bike um and then we'll go home tomorrow and um and have more actual get back to regular life and mm-hmm. kind of situate a couple easy rides in and and then um and then we'll be hitting the road after that for our, our first races are coming up, the Cactus Cup in Arizona. And then Sophia's got Benelli and Sophia and some of the other team members, WeDevo team members have Benelli, um, the week after that. So race season is,
1: it's here. is
0: here being in March.
1: That's yeah, kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, oh, and let's do one last kind of call out for share the love month, even though we are technically into the month of March now as we record this. And, and as you're listening, um, you probably won't get around to ordering the shirts towards the end of this week, like probably the not end yet. of the first the week. The shirts
1: of March. and the sweatshirts. Yeah,
0: so there's still time if you were considering donating to the team and wanted to get in um, an order on the t-shirts and and or sweatshirts. We there is still time for that. Um, so the Share the Love month is uh, the month of February, and I guess the first week of March now. Um, donating to our We Development 501c3 nonprofit Junior Mountain Bike Team. Um, and you earn stickers, water bottles, t-shirts, sweatshirts based on the level of your donation. So to be clear, you can make donations any month, day, week of the year. But it was just these four, now five weeks um, where we get to, we can reward you with your donation. Yeah,
1: yeah, we've had some very generous donations and I'm really grateful. I know you are too.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's It's been really um, fun to see like the support from people. And yeah, this I'm last sure. week people were like really scrambling yeah, to yeah. get stuff in. Yeah, we so. got a
1: couple of emails while we were down here, and that was sweet.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, there'll be links in the show notes if you do want to donate and get on that T-shirt. Yeah, so if
1: you do over. donate, I you won't see that you can put a size in for a shirt or a, a hoodie, but I will immediately contact you and find out what you want.
0: Perfect. Um, very good. Well, I wanted to take this show just to actually kind of recap or like a super quick review mm-hmm. of our Base Builder, our 15th Annual Base Builder Program, sort of what... Those that have been following along and ourselves, what we've done over the last uh, four, no, like six months. Has it been yeah, six months yeah. that we've been doing this. So, um, kind of run through it quickly how we did it, and then I want to go like review some of the testing results that um, that we had. The majority of our we development team trains with us in house in Lakewood at Session Six, and um, we have like the three tests data points there and it's fun to see like the progress that these mm-hmm. yeah, riders are Yeah, we want to talk making. about
1: specific things that we noticed which may apply to other people out there doing the test.
0: Yeah, some testing scenari- like result scenarios right. that kind of were interesting in our, in our opinion. Um, yeah, that might serve useful to other listeners that are following the same kind of testing. Um, and then I w- the last piece is we want to touch on um, the first week of race prep for next week. So, Those of you listening that are on our remote base builder program and or those training with us in-house, the program isn't over. We do have our recovery week this week, but then we go into eight weeks of um, kind of a one-size-fits-most race prep program. So we, we haven't done this before in the past. So this is kind of new this year where we wanted to because it is still March and April. And in many parts of the country, Colorado included the weather. It will be improving, but it's not super stable
1: yeah it's unpredictable
0: unpredictable that's a good word for it um so we decided we would have march and april we'd have one one time a week in-house trainer Mm -hmm. workouts and strength workouts um that can provide sort of the structure of like our general race prep philosophy meaning we're going to start at the very high end with some sprint work and that's what i want to talk about in the show at the end of the show here um, and then it's going to trickle down through anaerobic power and VO2 max and anaerobic threshold and work its way out um, like we do with race prep. And we talked a lot about that in the last episode, um, 29, kind of different race prep formatting. So
1: so basically you threw like a bonus race prep in for the base builder yeah, people? Yeah, exactly.
0: Sure. Exactly. And I call it in quotes like a one size fits most because it's not exactly what our race prep programs look like. Because our race prep po- programs plans... Specifically address racing targets so someone training like for an hour hour and a half long cross country mountain bike race or, or a criterium is going to train differently than someone training for a multi-hour Leadville or in some sort of endurance race mm-hmm. right so um, so the the race prep would be different for those but I'm using the underlying the general concepts for these next eight weeks as sort of a I don't like the word generic, but it's like that one size fits all, base. Sorry, race prep build out.
1: Yeah, and I think it's great because some people aren't quite ready to, uh, They're not even sure maybe what they're racing this summer. True. So it kind of fills the gaps in between what they just finished and what they are still planning and. Exactly. Um, Hoping to do this summer, and then hopefully they can reach out to us and and get their specific training plan. Yeah,
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because it it is just that a lot of people here in Colorado mountain bikers, particularly the race season doesn't really start until they may not be thinking racing
1: yet. They might just be thinking like I just want to get on my bike and ride and be in shape.
0: Right, and that's how I kind of put this together in mind was like this will get you the eight weeks from the end of Base Builder Mm -hmm. to maybe when your actual race season starts. Now, if you have a race coming up in the next six to eight weeks you might want to consider getting on one of our specific race prep plans because it would then take you up to an actual peak of fitness to peak for an event if you have like an A race in the next six to eight weeks. A lot of people don't, um, and that's where I thought this could fill the gap. And then when they're ready, when they're eight to 12 weeks, depending on the race duration, out, that's Mm -hmm. when you want to get on your race prep plan. Yeah. Um,
1: and you have those on our website.
0: And those are all on our website, and I'll put some links in the show notes, too. So, um, But in, at any rate, we want to talk about that first week of that's on the plan, the first workout, because it's um, peak power, which we haven't done yet in, in the program. Um, really fun workouts, but we'll get to that when we get there. So, um,
1: I think you were going to just do a quick recap of what is our Base Builder program for any listeners who are just joining us and don't... Like, that phrase doesn't make sense to them. What is Base Builder? Yeah. So don't summarize a summary, but just <laughs> just try to get, like, a three-minute recap of what...
0: Yeah, we'll keep it super... What is
1: what is the Base Builder?
0: Super succinct. Okay, so for our 2019 to 2020 Base Builder, like we said previously, it's our 15th year of doing this. Um, we're proud of that. It's fun to be into that, and next year we'll do it again for our 16th season. So maybe we'll get to 20, 20 seasons and call it call it good but um, (laughs) okay
1: if we're gonna retire then and then
0: we'll retire but um but yeah so for our 15th one so each year it's always been the same overall concept is held intact but we've always changed it like the scheduling how many weeks how many Mm -hmm. workouts per week um and this year was definitely a more unique one I think I think because we started way back in September Mm -hmm. um September and October with um strength only
1: yeah like a prelude
0: yeah yeah and
1: it was good that
0: was you kind of ran the show on that
1: I did I mean it was your idea but I, I ran the show in the gym and we had eight weeks of twice a week strength sessions with the focus being on um just building up slowly to heavier weight I mean we didn't go heavy it was just like let's move our bodies maybe you haven't done strength training this summer um, you're probably riding outside because it was gorgeous here in September and October. Yeah, that's the best time of it the year. It was beautiful. Um, I know
0: and, we were getting some good, just chill like yeah. base, like super low base miles but like enjoying the mountains still and,
1: It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, like my regular routine was a a long ride, I think it was on Tuesday, yeah Tuesday with Sophia, our daughter and you would join us sometimes mm-hmm. for the first part of it and we'd ride like all the way up the canyon, Bear Creek Canyon Road through Morrison, Idle Dale, Ridge, Evergreen, and on north of Evergreen to it dead ended and turn around. It was like a 40, 50 mile ride. And then on Wednesdays, we would do the weekly um, nighttime cyclocross race and then throw in the, the, the tra- strength training twice a week. It was really, it was a fun two months.
0: Yeah, so I think that the strength training component um, also allowed people new to strength yeah. training. Like, you got a lot of hands on, like, teaching perfect form yeah. and hopefully those at home following along on the remote plan you know figured out either got instruction from a local personal trainer or did a lot of research on YouTube or whatever um yeah there was no re- pressure really they had technique. time
1: to 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 build into the technique and to improve it and uh, it was interesting how in our in-house program it seemed like the people that needed help sort of s- funneled in staggered into the program appropriately where I could give Zach and Victoria time, you know, personal time that they needed to learn the movements and then somebody else new joined and I was able to help them and and then the the kids in the Devo team were done with their NICA season so I was able to help them and it was just really, it was just a really nice flow to it and it it took the pressure off of everyone having to learn how to deadlift and back squat in two weeks and go, go, go.
0: Right, right. Yeah, because in years past... Well, it basically allowed for a, a longer, shallower ramp yeah. up of the loading. Because in, in years past, it had to. We had to teach people quickly, and it ramped up fairly quickly. Yeah. So I, th- I think overall, it worked fairly yeah, well. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So I think in at least in house wise next year we'll probably have something similar. Don't you think?
1: I would like to do it that way again.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was it worked out well. Um, I know for me, it really minimized any like soreness, mm-hmm. kind of. Getting back into, I mean, we do strength maintenance and lifting year round, but um, when you get back into like the reg, like the full regular routine, sometimes you can be a little sore, and I think it helped alleviate that from my memory. So that was September and October. Was just basically encouraging people to get outside and ride their bikes still, because most places September October are amazing times of the year to ride outside and get those like real early slow base miles in, and then the twice a week of the strength introduction and. And slow build up. Then November and December after a week off, November and December then um, kept two times a week strength training and that's when we started our more traditional like heavier build up of strength, actual mm-hmm. like strength building. Mm-hmm. Um, building up over eight weeks up to a one rep max and um, and quite a bit of heavier lifting so that was right before the holidays. Um, and then adding in two times a week of trainer workouts, or I should say structured workouts, because we, we do them in, in-house obviously on the trainer, but people following along remotely, if you live in a nice climate
1: right. where you, you can, can get outside, can go outside,
0: they could do these rides outside pretty easily as well. Um, so it's two times a week structured workouts with a aerobic focus. So that's mm-hmm. when we did a lot of um, ILTs, the isolated leg training, um, which is best done on a trainer. You can not do those outside but they're a little trickier so that's the single leg pedaling drills and whatnot a lot of cadence drills um, and then the the heart of it were the were those aerobic threshold intervals um, just accumulating more and more minutes at around 80 percent of max heart rate and building that solid aerobic foundation um, in November and December um, and then simultaneously adding in some longer rides on the weekends when weather's good and time allowed for it um, and then we had a two week holiday break, which was great. We did a really fun training camp um, down in Arizona, and then other people either got some riding in or you know enjoyed the holidays. And then we came back uh, January and February, so another eight week block. And that's what we just wrapped up. So that had strength two times a week still, and that transitioned from the heavy strength more to the like stability.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, like, and yeah, cross-body
1: movement and po- more power movements, like jumping and throwing of heavy balls and carrying heavy weights.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was good. It was really good.
0: Yeah, that that was good. Um, and then also maintaining twice-a-week structured workouts. Um, they then shifted more to the higher-intensity stuff. So it's still aerobic-based, and even some of the wording had the word anaerobic, like anaerobic threshold, anaerobic power. But it's still heavy aerobic training. It's just like the high-intensity end of the aerobic training. So we went through anaerobic threshold. We went through VO2 max. We went through anaerobic power. And we did three to four workouts in each energy system, Mm -hmm. kind of ascending in intensity, and, um, and just built that up that way. So it was just enough intensity to get, one, a good introduction to those types of workouts, Get some stimulus and some benefit of working a little bit harder, but it wasn't so much that it was like we were, we weren't building, too much like high intensity fitness too quickly, mm-hmm. and by the time we started like kind of feeling the gains from the one energy system, like let's say anaerobic threshold, then we moved on to VO two max, so with only doing two weeks and three to four workouts of each energy system, we progressed very quickly through that. Um, with the idea now is when we hit the top and we get into race prep. Um, Now we're gonna work back down and spend a little more time and based on what events you're training for, we'll spend more time in those important energy systems that you'll rely on in in your event. So um, cross country racer, crit racer might spend a lot more time on VO2s. You know, uh, more sustained effort racers will do more time in anaerobic threshold. And then um, kind of the longer endurance racers will spend more time in that aerobic threshold and building more endurance for the long stuff. So so that's kind of how that progressed. And then also new this year, we just touched on this briefly, is March and April. We're going to add one more block. Now, it's not Base Builder. We're done with Base Builder, but it's that race prep one we talked about earlier. Um, And we'll just see how that goes. We wanted to throw that in, like we said earlier, just to fill the gap and keep, our, at the very least our local people involved um, with some workouts. Yeah, and stuff, as so. you said,
1: the weather's pretty sporadic, and it yeah. can be gorgeous, but it could be nasty. So it'll be nice to still connect with people once a week in the in the gym for strength work, and once a week at the front of the house doing the the trainer program.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I know our in house people love the kind of community, camaraderie, accountability. Oh, I love
1: it too. So yeah, it, that comes I'm, with the group. I'm so. glad we can keep going.
0: Yeah, me too. I think it'll be really cool. So we'll see how that works out this year, Um, and then kind of one last little sales pitch going into, you know, next year, 2020 into 2021, Base Builder. Um, We will have that. We'll have more info. or We'll have to figure out the exact structure, dates, and how it'll all work, but um, if it's something you either enjoyed this year, or maybe you enjoyed hearing about it and you want to participate next year, just stay tuned. Keep listening to the podcast, and we'll have more info. It'll probably be a couple months from now until we have it finalized, but uh, we'll definitely be doing it again, and it'll more than likely start in September again, of twenty twenty. So, um, and those of you that did do it, thanks for joining us, and you know, hopefully you made some good gains, you learned something, um, and you know you're fitter and faster now that we're almost to spring. Got a couple more weeks technically, but <laughs> uh, almost to spring. Good. Well, I I think it w- all went very. Successfully, I'm pleased with it. No, I am um, too.
1: I think it was great. Um, just every, like you said, every year has been a little bit different. Um, but I, we've done it long enough, or at least I've done it long enough with you, that I I kind of look forward to certain workouts and kind of get nervous about certain workouts. <laughs> right. Um, have my favorites. And, I, and then I'm also looking forward to replicating those same workouts outdoors soon as the weather improves. Right, right. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about the the testing um, that we just did last week. Now, to be honest, you and I didn't do the testing on Thursday for various reasons. I'm going to do it next, this week, when we come back to town. Right. Um, and Sophia, our daughter, didn't do it either. She's going to do it with me if she can, before you and and she jump in the car to, to right. drive to Arizona. But we, we have some consistent test results from at least six of the we Devo athletes that we want to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we have... Um Yes, yeah, six right. Well, five technically, and then the fifth, the sixth kid isn't actually on weed development, but he trains with us. Oh, right, uh, Henry. Henry, he's on the GBX team. Um, and uh, But super consistent and dedicated rider training with us as if he was on our team. So um, we can kind of include him in that. But, yeah, so we ha- we including that, Henry, we have six consistent riders in-house with us. Um, and then some other... Let's see, Tristan, because he lives in Laramie, Wyoming, mm-hmm. he trains at home following our program. Um, Kennedy, who lives pretty far away as well in Castle Pines, um, yeah, She trains. often does the
1: workouts at home. She's very consistent yeah. about getting them done. She'll come
0: up every now and again when the weather's good and she mm-hmm. has time. but. Um, then, oh, the, oh, well,
1: then Alex is out in Grand Junction. And Alex and
0: is in Grand Junction. At CMU. Yeah, so of our in-house weed development athletes, um, we have... Really, we have all three data points um, to compare, which is really, really cool. Um, you know, only a handful of our adult athletes actually made all three tests work with their schedule. Yeah, or whatnot. sometimes but,
1: they mysteriously disappear on, <laughs> on testing On testing days. Day. The,
0: the <laughs> test anxiety people. Oh,
1: I, I completely understand. I get really nervous about it, too.
0: Yeah, it, it's very common, actually. It's it's pretty funny. And, and some people are aware of it, and they'll kind of joke.
1: Poke fun at poke themselves. Poke fun at
0: themselves. Yeah. Um, and then others maybe aren't as aware of it, but it's very w- obvious to me um, how how worked up basically they they can get. Um, but you know we're all different, and it they're hard workouts, and certain people put a lot of pressure on themselves. Yeah, that's probably
1: my situation is yeah. I put a lot of pressure on myself about right, it.
0: Right. Right. Um, but at any rate, we have.
1: Um, yeah, where do you want to start?
0: Uh, good question. Well, I mean, we could just start at the top here. Um,
1: all right, so we're going to call out some of the kids by name. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's all good stuff. I mean, sometimes it may sound like we're maybe criticizing, but it's, it's these kids are amazing writers. They are hardworking, they're tough. And what we want to talk about, what the point of this next part is to bring out situations that we notice that, that could apply to what you're experiencing when you're doing the testing at home.
0: Right, right. Um, so are we gonna just go? Yeah, let's start each, with 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 Nate. Each rider like, what did we
1: ten? sort of notice about his his last test that he did?
0: Um, well his last test was is really good. He he's be he's on his second full year of training with us. So he actually has a couple tests from last year as well. And that'd be
1: fun to see the progression. Yeah, look
0: I I looked through the progression and it's always been like a steady upward in, trend, upward trend yeah, he's, for sure.
1: He's developing as like a human being, like getting bigger, stronger and he's been so consistent with his training.
0: Yeah, so I mean, as an example, his aerobic 20-minute test, so this is 20 minutes at 80% of max heart rate, um, just to check kind of an aerobic progress. Mm-hmm. The idea is you're training at the same aerobic heart rate, and you just wanna see what your average power is over the 20 minutes, so it's very much a sub-max test effort. Uh, but he went from 181 watts, um, to eight weeks later 217 watts and then eight weeks after that 229 watts so
1: that's significant yeah uh, 229 watts uh at 80 percent of your max heart rate for 20 minutes is pretty awesome yeah
0: and that and to see big improvements um is great too because someone like myself who's been doing this for years i don't see big improvements on the 20 minute aerobic one Mm -hmm. um you know it'll fluctuate up and down like when I come off of, like, a full rest off-season sort mm-hmm. of thing or, you know, the end of the season. From the first test maybe to, like, now when I'm getting close to racing, there'll be some change. But test to test, it doesn't change much. But um, he uh, and, and all the kids, honestly, saw some really nice changes there. Um, and then steadily upward on four-minute and one-minute powers. Um, and uh, I think going into this third test... Well, let's take a step back. His his test about ten weeks ago was amazing.
1: Yeah, I think he, he had a huge same, jump, like the same number as you did. That that's what we have yeah. Mentioned. Well, they were very
0: close. Not quite the same, but close. Yeah, very close. Um, and he just gained a lot of power, and a lot of it, it's like at this age that the majority of our riders are kind of that sixteen to nineteen year old range. A lot of things are happening with their bodies. They're getting bigger and stronger, and so those changes really. Um, Happen and yeah, they're uh, evident, yeah, they're very evident. Um, and you know, what's also interesting about Nate is he had a little knee injury kind of flare up um, at the end of our training camp in January, and that forced him to kind of take some time off of the bike for several weeks mm-hmm. and do some alter- alternative cross training like skiing and things. Um, and he probably didn't get as much biking in as he maybe would have wanted or was planning um, and I'm sure that was hard because the other guys on the team were out putting in you know the solid weekend miles and he couldn't do it. Um, but what's interesting is he really did not lose any fitness. Now it's possible he lost some of the like long endurance fitness but the short end of the stick here that this test really isolates um, is there I mean he, he continued to improve I mean his four minute and his one minute power went up. His uh, four-minute went up more so than his one-minute, so that brought his fatigue rate down um, pretty low, which subsequently boosted up all of his other numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, getting his FTP upwards around 300 or so um, watts, and, um, you know, a big improvement. I mean, he went from...
1: Yeah, he he's amazing at testing. He just really embraces it and doesn't seem to... Uh, fall apart, like some people can do, and uh, that's really cool to watch him to you know just embrace the test and go for it, yeah, yeah,
0: um, yeah, he's got a lot of potential for sure um,
1: were you gonna mention something though about his FTP possibly being bumped up artificially high from his low fatigue rate?
0: yeah, so his his fatigue rate is five point six, which is very low, so there's pro there's something there probably where his he had an, a really solid four minute power Mm -hmm. and then his one minute power actually did go down a little bit his four minute power went up is from 360 i'm just going to round 360 to 380 so it went up a, a, a decent amount for four minutes and then his one minute went down from 500 to 495 which is five watts so you can more or less say that it stayed the same but because his four minute went up significant mm-hmm. 20 watts versus a negative 5 in the 1 minute it really altered his fatigue rate from 7% before descent, uh before christmas to 5.6%. That in turn that lower fatigue rate puts your numbers at 16 minutes, 32 minutes, 64 minutes, which is where we align our FTP up higher than possibly probably you know where they actually are. So even though the the test data says his FTP is 303 watts, it's probably more like 280 would be my guess. But um, because he nailed that um, four-minute, specifically relative to the one-minute, if that kind of makes sense. It's always this ratio of the four-minute to the one-minute.
1: Right. So the point of talking about it is it's just that the testing is accurate but not foolproof. Like you can go really hard on one test and maybe not have anything left for the second the the 1 minute. You can go really hard the 4 minute but not have enough left for the 1 minute to really justify that FTP that that you that you're showing on the numbers. Right.
0: And this is the hunch. I mean it's yeah. it, I mean honestly the only way to know for sure is to say go do an hour long time trial. Go find he an hour long. You
1: probably would. Kill <laughs> and
0: yeah, go as hard as you can and see what your power is. Um, my guess is it would be a little less than 300 watts yeah. but you never know I mean he's has so much, he has a lot of talent in terms of fitness inside of him so yeah, he does it's just a matter of cultivating the the mental confidence the get the fueling right all that kind of stuff to put together some really good races so well I'm
1: really happy for Nate that he improved he improved, is didn't, the he improved thing. and he didn't lose fitness from his knee injury
0: yeah and that shows the resilience of being young and getting a lot of fitness early on yep. in the fall allowed him to back way off in training
1: and he did back way off like that was also very cool to me yeah i mean a lot of kids don't have the patience. a lot of humans adults don't have the patience to take time off when they get injured right and they keep like tweaking it or aggravating it yeah whatever and, the it is and
0: he was patient he
1: was very patient and it
0: shows that he actually didn't take a step back in fact he took a, a bit of a step forward yeah, good job mate so, um, and that's going to serve him well in the coming weeks and months of the season so yeah really good job um, another rider, uh, Blake, um, also improved quite, quite well across the board, um, with the exception of his 20 minute aerobic power, which I think he was just having maybe an off day or maybe his heart rate was a little elevated due to who knows what, maybe he didn't sleep well, um, mm-hmm. maybe he's a little dehydrated, it could be any number of things there, but his anaerobic numbers were up. Um, Fatigue rate stayed pretty consistent across all three tests, kind of in the low seven percent range, um, and he saw, he actually saw his biggest jump in his one minute power, which is great. I think the strength training,
1: oh good for him, some of the
0: high intensity yeah. stuff was paying off, um, and um, I was proud of him because he really went for it. I mean, I think and this, Blake is an amazing rider. In fact, on a, like our weekend group rides with the. What we call Wadsworth Worlds, he's the last We Development writer, or really the only We Development writer to make the front group in many cases. Yeah,
1: he's amazing like, at the. We'll road get riding. to the
0: to the finish. I'll look around and it's him.
1: That's so cool. Well,
0: everybody else got dropped. Um, now some of the others are starting to to catch up, but um, but all that said, he's a, he's a great writer and I think he under tests. And I th- there's nothing good or bad or wrong about that. It's like some people are just one they you're either better or they're uh, testing or some people just aren't that good at testing yeah and in fact I remember back in my days when I was about 20 or so training with my coach Arnie in San Diego who also coached um Tinker Juarez who's like a legendary yeah for sure mountain bike racer and at the time Floyd Landis also before uh while Floyd was still a mountain bike racer and I would ride with both of them at times, which was super cool. Well, Floyd, nobody knew who Floyd was at the time. He hadn't made it yet. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but he was a cool guy to hang out with. And then Tinker, everyone, he was you know, world famous. But what, what I always found really interesting in my coach explained to me is that you can take those two riders. You had a, a young, super powerful, you know, soon-to-be, you know, amazing rider, and then other things after that, in Floyd. Mm-hmm. And then you had this really well-established mountain bike rider um, in tinker and when testing the two um, on the trainer doing various tests versus training outside Mm -hmm. is the numbers that Floyd would put out on the trainer on the ergometer like blew tinker out of the water Um, and then but then you do a test like a more of like a road time trial climb Um, this was like Mount Palomar outside of San Diego that now you're talking like a 40 minute long you know you know, fairly steep hill climb, and Tinker would blow Floyd out of the water. No
1: way. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, actually, let me take that back. I think they, they were very, very close on the pavement climb. And then there's a climb called Nate Harrison, which climbs the same mountain, but it's the road is called Nate Harrison Grade, and it's a dirt road. Okay. It's, that's when Tinker would blow Floyd out of the water. Really? It was really interesting because, and my coach explained it to me at the time, he's like, Tinker is just not... good test taker especially like on the trainer like he can't put out any kind of power on the trainer because he never had really trained with a trainer it wasn't really his thing he didn't he would never want to ride a trainer
1: that might be more of it than anything yeah he didn't want to be on the trainer right
0: right and so he just wasn't a good test taker on the trainer but then when he went outside on the road his fitness was as good or in some cases better than Mm -hmm. Floyd's depending if it was dirt or road so that I just that really sunk into my memory as a yeah. young person. Like, wow, that's really cool. Like, you have these two different people, two different sets of skill. You know, very equal in terms of watts per kilogram, but how that's displayed can vary. And I think that's the case with Blake. I think oh, he's yeah. not a great trainer, test I don't taker, think so. but, but then an amazing he, writer.
1: You always come back from the Wadsworth Worlds uh, ride and brag about him, like how tough he is and yeah. how he was right there with you guys.
0: Right. So to recap, I mean, he improved every, all three of his tests, so he's making steady improvements, but the, the numbers don't match to what I think he's actually mm-hmm. capable of. And so we'll, I think we'll see that when we get into races that he'll finish way higher than what his test results kind of say. Well, so. this is
1: what we were talking about earlier as we prepared for the podcast, that the test results are very helpful in some ways. It, it gives you... Indicators of progress, or maybe something's up, something's wrong. You don't feel well, but it's not the whole story, right? It's it, they're numbers. They numbers don't tell a whole full story, um, and the there's way more to racing than just these numbers, especially at mountain bike racing. You have
0: yeah technical
1: still skills which are apply you know applicable and pacing, pacing so nutrition the mental aspect. Um, I mean, I'll talk about like Sophia and and me. Sophia and I are pretty even on the trainer, but sometimes my numbers are stronger than her in the the trainer sessions, and she can get kind of irritated at me. (laughs) And let me clarify to anyone listening who doesn't know, Sophia's my daughter, and we're really competitive with each other, which is mostly good, but sometimes not so good. So she can get really kind of pissy if my my numbers are better (laughs) on the trainer, but I doubt very much anymore that I can beat her out on a mountain bike race because that girl is so smooth and amazing, and fearless on those descents, and she's just as mentally tough as I am, maybe more. And so, yeah, the number is here. Don't tell the whole story.
0: Right, right, exactly. So that's a good takeaway, anyone listening. You know, don't put your identity as a racer, as a person into these test results. You know, it's like that this is just a snapshot of what you could do on one day and what you're potentially capable of, but it's definitely not black and white of like you have the best watts per kilogram on this test. Therefore, you will win this race. It, doesn't,
1: <laughs> right. it may it doesn't mean work. that you would win this Swift race.
0: Possibly, yeah. Yeah, and that's <laughs> probably it. Um, so yeah,
1: Let's talk about a few more of the kids.
0: Yeah, so Ethan and Jack, um, they are two new recruits um, for 2020 from East High School. Um, both really good riders. Um,
1: really good kids.
0: Really good people, yeah, and they're... Improving. I mean, again, all three tests saw huge improvements. Um, I mean, some of the notable ones were, um, I mean, their twenty-minute aerobic test, which again is that submax test. Um, two o basically went from two hundred to two hundred and twenty to two hundred and fifty.
1: Which one, Jack or Ethan? For Ethan. Uh-huh. Um,
0: and then Jack basically started at two hundred as well, went to two hundred and forty and to two hundred and sixty. Okay. And Jack's a little bit bigger, to be fair, um, so more power. Yeah. So, so
1: Ethan is like your body twin. Um, it's so like five nine, five ten, hundred and fifty 150 pounds. Jack's tall. Is he probably six two
0: or three? Yeah. He's a yeah, tall. tall
1: kid. Um, I
0: don't know how much he weighs. I know he's fussing about oh, weighing 160. More. I think. 160.
1: Yeah. He's putting on some muscle, but you would not look at him and think you're, he's too muscular, but he's having a little bit of a, a mind, because um, a mind thing where he's worried about the weight on the scale from the muscles he's added, um, we mentioned this in a podcast recently. He it's fine. He's going to be fine. Like it's not going to skew his climbing ability in in any way.
0: Yeah, I think he knows that. He likes he jokes about being like more worried. Than he's probably he, trying to make is, me but... react. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Ethan's like both those kids love to ride their bikes and they're steadily progressing. Um, I think we talked about this in the last um, podcast where. You pushed the pace at the end of a long ride the other day, and mm-hmm. you could not drop Ethan on the Grapevine climb. Yeah, I mean he almost died at the top because he was so exhausted. You were <laughs> you were talking, but um, these kids are really awesome.
0: Yeah, they're re- they're really good. Um, excited to have them. So aerobic power numbers are up. I mean the four minute and one minutes are up. Um, one thing that was sort of interesting, I think between the two, like some differences is. Um, so from a fatigue rate standpoint, so again, that's the ratio between the four minute and the one minute, um, powers and the, how much they decline from one minute to four minute. Uh, Ethan's started high at 9% back in, um, After, November, oh, November when we tested yeah. uh, like our original benchmark testing, which then gave him actually a very low calculated FTP, which I remember in the time he was very disappointed about that. Um, and then his fatigue rate went down a tiny bit in the last one. And then now it's gone down a, a good hefty bit. So it went from not, a little over 9% to just under 9% and now to 7.8%. Wow.
1: That's so great. getting
0: closer to the like seven or sub 7% kind of magic benchmark, number. magic number of balance between power and endurance. Um, so his, his is steadily going down. So subsequently his his ftp went up from an estimated 212 which was definitely underestimated to 225 which i still think was underestimated to 2 close in on 260 which i think we're getting pretty close in fact he's that's probably still a little underestimated just based on his climbing ability relative mm-hmm. to me and we're essentially the same body weight and everything so it, i think he's a little closer to me but at any rate it's the, what we want to see is just the numbers are improving yeah. you know regardless of what the numbers are they're going up So he's making really good gains. And then conversely, Jack um, started with a relatively low fatigue rate at about 7.5%, and then it went up to 7.8%, and then now up to 8.6%, which then flips it around and kind of brings your longer-duration numbers, your FTP, down a little bit. Mm, And he was a little disappointed on that. But what happened, and what he has to realize... And this goes for anyone in this kind of scenario. Is look at your like the raw data numbers. I mean, he went for for his one minute power. So one minute power is very much anaerobic. It's drawing on... there is an aerobic component, but it's heavily gifted towards anaerobic and the strength. So the, between the strength training and some of the high intensity training, he went from four hundred seventy seven watts to five hundred fifty three watts to six hundred and thirty two watts for a minute.
1: Holy crap! Six thirty. 2?
0: 632 for a minute uh, on a train yeah. at 6,000 feet elevation. Yeah,
1: he was cranking out the watts. Yeah.
0: So tons of raw power. In fact, yeah. I I said right afterwards, I was like, man, the start of the mountain bike races, you've got to make the most of those. Yeah, you need
1: to take advantage of your yeah, of your um, There's not gonna be gifts. many
0: riders in the 1718 that can do that kind of power yep. off the start line. Um so you know we're we're kind of identifying some strengths and weaknesses here, which is great. That's another reason to do all this testing. But he was rather than being happy about what really improved, he was fixated <laughs> on what went down in quotes um or up, I guess his fatigue rate went up, so his f t p went down a little right. bit well actually his f t p still went up, but just not a very large amount um so with that high fatigue rate, you know he's like, "What can I do to bring that down?" And it's like it'll happen within time, you know we'll start backing off the strength training as we get into race season, so you will lose in quotes a little bit of that top end but the goal would be to keep that the same and we'll stretch out the 4 minute power and yeah. the more sustainable power um and then th- that balance will occur but um so it's just kind of an interesting thing and we see we get this all the time with these tests is like you know when the ratio between the 4 minute and 1 minute tests change that fatigue rate changes and that has it has an extended effect over those longer duration numbers so it's like don't get so fixated on like the calculated out numbers, what we really want to see is improvements in all three of the 20 minute, four minute, one minute test numbers and let those differences that determine fatigue rate just sort of happen and know that they will improve and steer towards your goal racing ability as we go through the season. And it gives us something to focus on with the training. So, but again, they both improve significantly and really pleased with that. Um, couple more here real quick. So Nico Nico Tavares, um, he's one of our older. He's a U23 rider. Um he's going to be racing more of the marathon events this year.
1: He's a lot of miles under his belt.
0: Yeah, he's he's always been as a young even as a young guy like a lot of like a high volume rider, I would say, especially for a teenager. Um so we're injecting more strength into his program mm-hmm. and a little bit more high intensity stuff. Um <clears throat> And yeah, I mean, everything, aerobic power from 246 to 270. Holy the, the moly. The 20 minute. Yeah, so good. I mean, that's great. Yeah, he, uh, to be fair, when he did the first test, this was right before Christmas, he was coming off of a cyclocross season and then actually like a couple weeks of little to no yeah. training. It was like at the end of his break. Um,
1: but still, that's about 30, 30 watt improvement. Yeah. That's pretty great.
0: Yeah, pretty big. And then his four minute went from 323 to. Three fifty four, So another 30-watt improvement there. And then his one minute went up from 455 to 482. Oh, good. Yeah. And so he's more of the – his weakness would be the top end, and his strength is the the endurance end. Um, So to see some good improvements, you know, I mean, 455 to 482 is a nice um, jump. It's a nice boost. Yeah. Yeah, He's
1: been a little bit more hesitant in strength class to – kind of go that heavier route which is fine like, yeah. we just started lighter weight and he, like he he basically does the same numbers as Sophia which is not insignificant but compared to what some of the other guys are doing he's not interested in, yeah. in pushing he's more it conservative. he's a little more conservative which I appreciate yeah. he's beautiful form he's getting stronger and it's clearly coming out in his power
0: yeah exactly and I mean all the calculations done is FTP comes out to like 270 275 so um, at He's a fairly light build yeah, rider is. too. He's probably a one hundred and forty pounds, if I had to guess. So, yeah, um, I would say so. You know, he's definitely moving up there, and he's built for endurance stuff. So I think we'll see some cool stuff in the marathon races from him. Um, and then lastly, our our adopted <laughs> <laughs> teammate um, Henry Ginge, as he's lovingly called. Um, due, I just to his, wanna,
1: due to his red hair.
0: Yeah, due to his red hair, I want to brag about him just because it's he made big results and. I mean, I feel like we played a part in that and um, want to get a little bit of bragging out of him. So um, aerobic power 180 to 205 or 204. Um, So super good um, benefit there. And that was just in eight weeks. Um, Four-minute power 280 to 325. Wow. So 45 watts over, you know, for that four-minute test. That's huge. That's great. Yeah. And then his one-minute... From three ninety three to four thirty, can't read my writing. It's either a nine or a seven. Doesn't matter. Four thirty seven, let's say. So three ninety three to four thirty seven. That's great. I mean, that's that's massive. And yeah. and Henry, no offense to him, but he's a smaller build guy. Yeah, he
1: is. He won't always
0: be that way, but he's no, just he's really younger small right now. Yeah, smaller. he's younger.
1: He's our sophomore. Um, but he, we got to do six weeks of strength training with him. And his muscles are ripped. He's just smaller built. Right,
0: right. And he will definitely fill out because he's the youngest of all the guys too. Um, but all the equations calculated his FTP comes out to like two fifty, and that's he probably amazing. weighs
1: oh, he's probably one twenty five. Yeah, at the most.
0: I mean that that's insane. Uh, so a lot of potential there. Good too. job, Henry. Now keep in mind, Henry, like Jack you guys are buddies, like you're, you will eventually fill out, and then it skews your like watts per kg. Yeah, don't freak out. But don't freak out. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> make the most of those watts per kg. You know, yeah, go do
1: some hill climbs and win got. them.
0: Um, yeah, so I mean, everyone in house there like made some really nice improvements. um
1: Yeah, and hopefully we can brag about some of the, of the other riders when we get their results in.
0: Yeah, well, I remember a couple. I don't have the full complete data, but like Victoria at our noon class. Um, made some massive improvements too. I mean her 20 minute went from 150 at the beginning of the base builder to uh 180. That's great. Um and we're talking about a Ironman triathlete who's been well doing this versed. For a while. Yeah, yeah, has been doing this for a while and making some good improvements her 4 minute power 170 to 223. Good for her. Another huge one, 1 minute power 240 to 301.
1: Yes. Um yeah, I knew she was not quite sure how to do the test at first, so it's nice to see that she was figuring it out.
0: Yeah, and seeing some gains on the high end, that high-intensity end, where triathletes often ignore or don't make the most of that. And then subsequently, too, even with those increases, her fatigue rate did a big 180 from 7.5% to just under 6%. Good for her. So all her numbers go up Yeah, and she's a busy
1: lady. She's got little kids, and she's a lawyer and works a lot of hours.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good job, Victoria. And then Chris and Bill from the noon class, made a lot of really solid improvements as well. Um, I don't want to neglect anyone. I'm just kind of running through some highlights. I know I remember Ruben, well, actually, two, two more shouts out, and then we'll call it good. Ruben, in the 615 class, um, was making some solid, he was a little too conservative in his four-minute test. Okay. And then he was really going to crush the one-minute, and... I think unbeknownst to him, the cleat on his shoe was broken. Oh, no. So with, like, 20 seconds to go, his foot popped out of the pedals. And at first (laughs) I freaked out because I thought he was going to, like, faceplant or something. Oh, no. He he held that together, but it was, like, kind of a heartbreaker on him. (laughs) Um, So if that ever happens to you at home, it's super hard, actually, to reset and, like, put in another effort because he was most of the way through it. And so we just decided to bag it. Yeah, I can see why. I was watching his power, and it was like, well over 400, and, you know, we could kind of, like, roughly estimate what sure. it was going to end up being at, um, but it's always nice and disappointing to not get the the complete accurate data. Yeah, I
1: felt that way one time when I accidentally stopped, like, three seconds early, and because that skews your one-minute results. I'm oh, like, yeah. God, what was my problem? Yeah, you got
0: to go all the way to the <laughs> end. <laughs> and then one last little shout-out, um, Melissa Tank, also in the 615 class, Um, she's one of those, like, and she'll openly admit it, like, high test anxiety people. Yeah, we
1: we joke with each other about it. Yeah,
0: but she nailed it. She did? I think it was the first time she, like, paced perfectly. Oh, it's
1: fantastic. Yeah,
0: and, and subsequently saw some nice results, but shout out to her just for, like, having learned from her past mistakes yeah, okay. and pacing I have to
1: give her a text
0: being patient and positive and and yeah and staying positive in the moment cuz it's like if you don't like something it's easy to be like i don't want to do this yeah. and kind of give up but she didn't and
1: okay well, i'm really happy some to hear results.
0: that yeah so but all in all i mean in all the classes everyone um did really really well and uh, i mean it, it everything was a success okay so. yeah
1: all right. If you um, are listening and want to send in any emails in with your test stories or your test results, feel free to do so. Yeah. Um, how do they do that, Cody?
0: Yeah, they can send us emails, um, cody at com or kathy at teamweight.com. Uh, or you can jump on the forum, share info, uh, ask questions, and other people can chime in as well. Uh, but yeah, we love to hear people's results, success uh-huh. stories or failures or whatever, and um, and, and also any kind of questions so um, that all works great well let's um wrap this up fairly quickly here so we can get back on to our Disney vacation Yeah,
1: tanning camp as you call it
0: tanning yeah I'm gonna go sit by the pool here in a few minutes but um, I wanted to just touch real quickly on um, coming back the first workout coming back for those following the base builder program and kind of what to expect so we're gonna finish that or actually sort of start race prep at the highest intensity level, um, which we call peak power. So it's essentially sprinting, your sprint power. So like your 5 to 20 second max power effort. Um, This is, we don't do a lot of time training Mm -hmm. peak power um, because most endurance events, the sprint at the end, um, the, the race is decided well before the sprint at the end. Um, and depending on the rider's characteristics or strengths and weaknesses, you know, are they going to rely on that sprint at the mm-hmm. end? Sometimes yes. Are they going to do anything at all costs to avoid the sprint? at the
1: end? Like, <laughs> like you, in my case. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I can't sprint my way out of a wet paper bag, so I'm going to do whatever I can to not let a yeah, event come down Yeah, you'll crush that last
1: hill so that you don't have to sprint.
0: Right, right. But you actually are quite good at sprinting. Yes, so.
1: shockingly, because I'm kind of little, but yeah. I love sprinting. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm always jealous of that, because it's like you have that little ace in your back pocket. Yeah, it like, is helpful. Yeah, where for me, it's like if I know I'm coming into the end and I'm still with someone, it's like, crap. Oh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, Sophia showed she had some sprinting ability at the short track championship last year in Winter Park, and when when she out-sprinted a girl at the end for the victory.
0: Yeah. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah, that was really cool.
1: It's my girl.
0: Yeah. So why is it important? I mean, maybe the obvious is if you're not good at it, um, maybe it will help you. I, I'll be honest, I don't think it actually does a whole lot, um, just from my own <laughs> anecdotal <laughs> experience. Um but it's also it is also a piece of that like metabolic puzzle of of th- it's the top end on bike energy system that we use. So I think it is important to touch on it a little bit. Now, if you're going to be racing criteriums, for example, um, you might want to touch more on right. it. And it becomes more important, and that's there's more of it in that race prep plan, for example. Well,
1: here's why you might want to train this. I just have this yeah. thought as you're talking. Maybe you've never done a sprint workout or sprint training so you don't know if you're good at it that's true if you don't yeah. know if you're good at it then you might rely on the sprint to the end and then find out that you're Cody and you can't sprint right but if you practice this and go okay well I'm okay but I'm not going to win a sprint finish then you would know that a better strategy for you in a race would be to push it 10 minutes before the end when there's a hill that you couldn't climb up
0: right right yeah to, so to help identify yeah, your identify strength your strengths and... and weaknesses yeah. Yeah, so in general, people that have really high one-minute powers, especially relative to their four minutes, mm-hmm. a little higher fatigue rate, it generally means they're probably better at the sprinting.
1: Oh, so effort. I don't want to sprint finish with Mia Asseltine.
0: No. Oh, hell no. I would never want to sprint Mia. Yeah. <laughs>
1: She's so powerful. Yeah.
0: Um, so, but yeah, all jokes aside, it is... Um, it is still important to mm-hmm. touch on it, and it's actually fun to touch on it. And another way to touch on it without doing a, like a, 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 workout solely dedicated to it. And my coach back in the day when I was road racing would have us do this a lot. Is at the end of our long rides, as mm-hmm. we would do, you know, five or six sprint efforts, just because it it was very race like. You're on. As you play. were finishing, yeah. As the we were, race, we were yeah. actually the ride, in the yeah. cool down, like just cruising oh, back really? through town. Um, this was pardon me, this was in San Diego and you'd have to always ride an hour or so out of town slowly yeah. through the city streets to get out where you did the ride and then you'd ride your hour slowly back through. But the ride back through kind of wound through these little hilly neighborhoods and okay. stuff and um, and everyone in the group kind of knew like this is this hill if you want to sprint oh, right. you can sprint up like this from hill.
1: Like from the bottom of this hill to the top of this yeah. hill it would be a 15 second sprint. Right. And I always
0: hated doing these but my coach would always want me to do them. So I would Humor them and do them sometimes, but because I, I hated them because I'd always get my butt kicked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um... but so that's a way you can incorporate some sprint training into your Yeah. rides without doing a dedicated workout. But I like to also dedicate a few workouts a year at least. Well, it's um, like in
1: running the fart workouts at the same idea. Mm-hmm. You're just running along at a good, a good, a decent pace, and you say, okay, from that tree to that fence post, you're going to sprint.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly same kind of thing. So, um, so how we're gonna do it real quickly? Those following um, our remote plan is, I like to have these workouts have three sets of sprints, three sets of four sprints, um, and each sprint has a little different twist to it. Okay. Um, the first set um, is basically some people call them like force sprints, or they're like a strength sprint. So you're okay. in a really big gear. Um, you're starting from kind of like a soft pedal slow cadence in this really big gear so big chain ring one of your smaller cogs um, and you can do these outside as well as on the trainer and then you basically go from you know 20 rpm or whatever to as much rpm as you can get over the course of about um, 20 seconds or so so you might get up to you might crack 100 rpm depends if you're going up a slight hill down, I would suggest actually down a slight grade if you're outside or just kind of like a no slope if you're in the slope mode on the trainer. And um, so it's just a very big muscular effort. So you're going to be pushing and pulling on the bars, standing up. Um, you're going to, you know, lots of muscular recruitment on okay. that. Um, and then you'll sit down, I think it's for two minutes and 40 seconds, so a really long recovery mm, and right. you, you can shift you an easier gear and just noodle along and get, Fully recovered essentially, before that. So you do four of those, and there's a little extra recovery between sets, and then the second set um, then goes to more of a medium size gear, a little shorter sprint. So um, in most cases, it's small chainring and kind of medium cog in the back. Uh, probably actually the same cog you were in um, back in the day with old school dumb trainers. That's how we would do it. We'd go, we just shift from the big gear to the small gear but keep the cog the same. Mm. So it goes from a big gear to a medium-sized gear. Yeah. And then you're again you're you're soft pedaling and then you're like jumping, doing like a attack and sprinting yeah. for about 10 seconds until you more or less wind out the cadence. So this one you'll get cadence upwards of 120 plus rpm over okay. the course of the 10 seconds. Um and then you have a minute and 50 seconds to recover from those. Not quite as muscularly demanding. But it's your your heart rate gets fairly high, even though it's short, um, not terribly high, but somewhat high. And power is a good amount. You you know a good rider will hit a thousand watts or whatever on, on these. Um, um, and then a little, so you do four of those. Then the last set, you take it another step further, where you th- now shift into like your easiest gear um, on the trainer and one of your easier gears if you're doing this outside. Um, and this one is more about like a leg cadence sprint. Right. And so these ones in-house in the, in, on the trainers, what we do is have people come to a complete stop. And you're in your small chain ring and probably your biggest cog or maybe second from biggest cog. And you're going to go from a dead stop to jumping out of the saddle, a super quick sprint with the idea of trying to get your cadence from zero to like 140 as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that usually is between three and five seconds.
1: Without falling off the trainer.
0: Without falling off the trainer, right? <laughs> yeah. And the Wahoo Kickers are the most stable, by the way, because we have had people fall off the trainer. <laughs> Old school <training. laughs> Um But, um, yeah, so it's all about just, like, the snap of leg speed. Right. So there's very little um, overall, like, force being applied, although there's a large amount of torque going from zero RPM to a very high RPM in, like, a couple of pedal strokes. It's amazing how much torque there actually is. Yeah. And therefore, you often see on the trainer at least, like, the highest power numbers. Mm-hmm. People might see, in class, we see, like, 1,200
1: to 1,800 oh, so watts for that split second. There yeah. was a Saturday morning where I did an indoor trainer session and you were outside with the other kids. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of had, like, some, you know, free time, these intervals. You, you could do what you wanted with some of these intervals. Mm-hmm. And Nate decided to... Do some, do some sprints, sprints. Okay. and Deb Preller in class, who's an and incredible sprinter. sprinter. Track, Isn't she a nat- world track
0: national champion? A national yeah. champion
1: for track. She got off her bike because she loved this. Yeah, she goes over to Nate's setup and is working with him on like the positioning and like leaning forward and leaning low. And I mean, I don't even know all the tips. And it was so cool. I th- I I could be wrong, but I think he got up to two thousand watts.
0: Did he really? Yeah, I believe it. I think Nate's so. powerful. Yeah, yeah. he's really, and powerful. he has high cadence capabilities. He does. Yeah.
1: So I'll have to find out for sure. But I think it was like we were all screaming. It was like, you did it! You know, because he can't watch while he's doing it. So we're we're watching and screaming out his numbers. Oh, that's cool. It was really fun. That's really cool. So too bad everyone doesn't have Deb to help them with these sprints because she gives some good tips. There's
0: a lot of technique involved in sprinting. No no question about it. And you can learn a lot by watching sprinters on the track, but also like at the end of road races, like in the tour and stuff. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of technique to it for sure. And a, a huge, huge piece of it is that leg speed mm-hmm. component. Which
1: he has because he worked really hard in those cadence drills right. all year and long. It was really And that's a big cool. part
0: of why we do those cadence drills is because half of the equation to produce power is speed, leg mm-hmm. speed. So if you can spin up under very light loads up to 200 RPM.
1: Which he can. Which he, he can. you can do like 225 or yeah, something. Yeah,
0: add a little more load to it and, you, and when you are motivated to still get it up to 200 <laughs> RPM. You know, or close as close as you can to 200 RPM, then there you have power. Like that's max watts. So um, that's a big piece of why we do that. And then the low end, creating the torque, is where we do all that big gear, low cadence strength, the ILTs and the climbs to kind of work that. So it's like you're isolating the two ends of the spectrum early on in the program, and then we're slowly bringing them together. And really, the peak power workout is the conjunction of those two things together torque and speed, like speed. To create max watts or peak power, uh, so it all kind of culminates there. Um, so that yeah, that's the uh, that's the workout. That's the workout. It's pretty fun. Yeah, and in years past, we've done multiple workouts in varying ways. This year, we're just going to do it once as yeah. part of it's actually part of race prep rather than base builder. But um, it was just the way the timing the weeks laid out. Uh, but if you are following the remote program, um, there are eight more weeks of workouts on your calendar for you to choose from. Um, and follow, and then some suggestions for the weekends because some people will be racing, some people will be riding outdoors long, some people riding indoors, and you can kind of mix and match and choose your own adventure, and there's some instructions on how to do that on the weekends. Um, And same for the in-house stuff. We'll just do the structure workout on Tuesdays and strength training maintenance on Wednesday, Um, and that's kind of how it will proceed. So, um, yeah, if you are interested in more of a specific race prep, plan, um, you can definitely go onto our website and I'll put the links in the show notes but under the stock training plans uh, we have specific mountain bike plans, road, fondo, gravel uh, plans for race prep, triathlon, uh, plans. triathlon plans Xterra plans um, they're all very affordable and you'll if you've done Base Builder in particular it's very easy to follow because a lot of the workouts are very similar, it's just sort of the order of them mm-hmm. and maybe the number of sets of intervals and things change a little bit um, but it it piggybacks off the base builder perfectly. But even if you didn't do base builder, you could jump in. If yeah. you have base, you can then jump into a race prep plan too. And does that involved. discount
1: code still apply for our listeners?
0: For the base builder, we have okay. the yeah. The race prep plans are actually very affordable. Competitive, yeah. competitively affordable. Yeah, they're they're not expensive. Well, I suppose at
1: all. people can still buy a base builder and if they're yeah. like in a different situation. They're getting ready for cyclocross as well. Right.
0: Fall. Oh yeah. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Great example for that. Um, And then lastly, not to make this too big of a commercial, but we also have our um, custom plans, too. So if you are getting into your race season and it's complicated with multiple races, you know, we talked way, way back in the podcast series about, you know, A, B and C races. And if those are starting to come up, you know, how to organize your race prep Mm -hmm. around races um, is important. And that's where our custom plans can come into play, too. So we have a couple different options on that as low as 20 bucks a week up to 40 bucks a week and depending on how long the plan you need and um, get you going there so i'll put links in the show notes there just so you can keep going off of your base builder and yeah it can be overwhelming
1: too so it's nice to have some guidance
0: yeah and with those custom plans there's some consultations included um some you know depending on what level you go with and that kind of stuff so check those out if if you're interested um cool i think We should wrap it up and hit the pool. Yeah,
1: Mickey Mouse is waiting. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. I mean, the pool. (laughs) The pool. (laughs) No, we are going to go to Magic Kingdom later tonight. Yes. Cody's so excited to see
0: Mickey Mouse. Yes, I am really excited. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks, shout out to my mom for treating us with this special. Yeah, we've been spoiled with delicious dinners. Kid free. We're just here.
1: Yeah, I miss the girls. Actually, I miss my puppies.
0: (laughs) You miss the dogs more (laughs) than the kids. No,
1: it's been good, though. (laughs)
0: Um, At any rate, we'll keep the, the show going. Um, as we get into racing season, um, the show we're going to try to keep a weekly show going and talk more about we, uh, base builders over, so we will be less like technical and specific there, and just hopefully we'll work towards providing more tips for racing and yeah, event and answering questions.
1: So keep the questions coming, keep the comments coming. Yeah, we'd like to incorporate that more and more into our podcast. Yeah,
0: and we're working on getting some guests, like so we can have some like interviews and guest hosts or guests on the show yeah. um, to talk about stuff as well so thanks for listening um, we're into yeah our 30th episode so we hope to keep it keep it rolling
1: yeah thanks so much everybody yeah
0: and, and we'll leave it with our regular rate and review request if you are enjoying the show please give us a, a rating um, if it's not five stars let us know how we can improve and um, reviews are always helpful as well we had a couple new reviews last week which was nice so thanks to whoever did those and um, we'll keep trucking along here
1: all right take care everybody yep
0: have a great uh rest of your recovery week and we'll talk to you next week